Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, amigas? Get ready for a podcast that's for the millennial woman who's busy with life but itching for girl time and reconnection. We talk about all the things you would talk about with the girls at brunch. You know, the combos that are straight up sopita for your spirit. What's up, amigas? I know y'all are here for the chisme. I'm so happy you decided to join me on another episode of Sopita for Your Spirit. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Nationwide Vision. They are amazing. They have some really great specials going on right now, so uh, go check those out now at nationwidevision.com. Today's episode is going to be amazing. I talked to my friend Lloyd who we break down generational cycles and parenting and how we decided to raise our kids differently and then we'll follow it up by actually speaking to his son and he talks about the organization he started, the nonprofit for young black men. It's going to be so good. And I do want to talk some pop culture. And by pop culture, I mean binge-watching television. And actually, let's just get into the pop culture segment of this because <laughs> I got some things to say about the way I watch TV. Okay, so I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I love television. I love scripted television shows. I love trashy-ass reality TV shows. I love dramas. I love comedies. I love, like, all the things. It's my favorite pastime is to really be into a show. And recently, I love plot lines that make me go, what happened? What's next? What's going on? But there's a show right now that I'm watching. And tell me if y'all watch shows like this. So... The show is called Lucifer, and it is a corny-ass Netflix show. I'm not even going to lie. The plot is awful. It's predictable. It's all the things. But I find myself getting emotionally invested in these characters. Like these people, these these fictional characters that are not even real. I, I feel like I connect and I love them, and I... And all the things rooting for them. For example, there's there's a spoiler alert if you watch the show. There's a point in the show where the father of a little girl passes away. And it's a main character and it's like a whole ass dramatic scene. And I'm working out when I'm watching this in, in our office. My husband's on the computer doing work, whatever he's doing. I'm lifting weights and I'm watching this scene. I'm like... Ugh. it's like what the hell is wrong with you i was like he's dying and he's and he's gonna leave his daughter and it's just and the mom is covered here and it's just devastating and he, he looks at me 
Like, I'm insane. But I get so connected because all I think about is, like, if that was me, like, this little girl is Jax's age. What if she locked her dad and I had to tell her that she... I'm already crying. Look at... I So... But I, but after I did that, I realized I'm like, I, I am I too much? Is this a problem? The fact that I'm literally lifting weights with tears running down my eyes and my husband looking at me like I'm a hot ass mess. I, I call it entertaining. I don't think it's a problem at all, actually. Yeah, forget I even brought it up. All right, let's move on. I know what you're thinking. What in the holy hell embarrassing intro was that? Okay, well, listen, I'm a millennial that doesn't want to grow up. So that's my Rocco's Modern Life childhood intro. Thank you very much. Okay, but this is the segment of the podcast where we talk about millennial things, things that mujeres, that millennial women are dealing with today. And we are such a unique generation. And I say it again and again. And I'm like this. You know, I'm a Britney Spears song, not a girl, not yet a woman. And today, uh, during our show, we had a conversation, um, some friends, I was having a conversation with some friends over the weekend, and they said that they read an article scientifically proven that by the age of 35, you are hardwired and you believe the things you believe, and that is it. And it's like you have a 5% chance of changing who you are. And it made me start to panic. Because I'm going to be 35 in four months, and I'll be honest, like 15 years ago, 35-year-olds sounded like grown up, like they had it all figured out, like life was like life was all of it. And now I'm 35 and I feel like I don't know shit. <laughs> or at least like I'm nowhere near figuring it out. And it stressed me out because I'm like, well, does this mean I only have 4 months to figure it out? And I know it's super dramatic, dramatica, but that's how I am, como una telenovela. That's what I do. I overanalyze and I overreact and I overthink. (laughs) But here's what I decided to do. Because I'm like, I can't just sit with this and think, oh, life is over. I have to, because I don't have it all figured out. I decided to reach out to a lot of people that were much older than me and get their perspective on how life was after the age of 35. And, you know, the interesting thing is I heard from so many people that their best life decisions and their best life changes came after the age of 35. You know, society has us embedded in our brain that we have to have it all figured out or there's this end goal that needs to be quote-unquote figured out. But I think what the figuring it out is is realizing that you'll never have it figured out. (laughs) And once you get rid of that pressure of needing to reach an end point, I think it frees you up for so much. And the fact that like, I don't have to like stress about it, that life, it's so true. Life is a journey, not a destination. And I I just can't tell you how many successful people I know that didn't even reach their peak or so what they call their peak until they were in their late 30s or 40s or, you know, moving forward. So it just gives millennials like me a lot of hope, even though I'm at a point in my life where I do feel very happy and I feel like I am a considered (laughs) successful adult. 
even though it's like weird to say because I'm not kidding. If like it's funny because I feel like Gen X and older, you know, like boomers and older generations, like they they reached a point in their life where they felt adult. But I can promise you, all y'all millennials out there, with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We don't feel like we're adults. <laughs> We feel like we're faking it till we make it. Even if we got kids, even if we got husbands, even we, even if we have a whole ass mortgage and retirement plan, even if we have a Costco card, I still feel like I'm faking it till I make it. Okay. So I guess the at the end of the day, the moral of this um, study or journey or whatever us millennials feel about having it all figured out by a certain age, let that go. Because if anything. Our 30s are for exploration. Like like our, our teens and 20s, we were conforming to what society wanted us to be. I think we're now, when we reach our 30s, we get to an age where we're like, you know what, screw it. I want to be my own person. I want to figure out my own path. I want to be my own, I want to do my own thing and I'm going to do it my own way. And then when you don't have the stress of realizing, or when you realize you don't have the stress of having it figured out, you like the world is yours. So that made me feel a lot better for anybody out there feeling like pressured to have it all figured out because they're a certain age. Nabu, you do you. You got a whole ass life to live. Life doesn't end at 40 or 35. At least, you know, not traditionally. (laughs) I hope my ass is here till I'm like 90. Well, hasta que puedo bailar until I can keep dancing, right? <laughs> and uh, that's a long time away. That's like, so if I'm 35 and I plan to live till I'm 90, I've only lived a third of my life. So I need to settle my ass down. And a lot of y'all do too. All right. Now, I really want to talk about my next, uh, the end of the podcast is we're going to talk to my guest. I'm so excited to speak to him and his son, Lloyd Hopkins and Atlas Hopkins. So let me give you a little backstory about Lloyd. I met Lloyd when I was in seventh grade. He was a recreational leader at my after school program, my summer program at my middle school, Barcelona Middle School. It's a program for inner city kids. I mean, the kids that go to the school there, uh, it's for the kids that go to school there. They don't have anything going on over the summer. Keep them out of trouble. I was one of those kids, and um, Lloyd really made an impact on me growing up and who I am as a human being today, and I really wanted to chat with him about breaking generational cycles because he has done an incredible job not only raising his kids but influencing other generations and kids in the community and breaking cycles, and from where he came from to what he has achieved, it's just so inspiring. So without further ado, let's get into my guest, Lloyd Hopkins and Atlas Hopkins. Um, you guys have heard me talk about Lloyd in the past. We obviously know each other from, oh my God, how old was I? It was like 20 years ago. She was a snot-nosed kid <laughs> in junior high school, driving everybody crazy. I know. 
you were uh, definitely one of the pivotal people in my life growing up to kind of help mold me into who I am. And now I'm a parent. And one of the biggest things that I really, uh, that's really like a pillar in my parenting is breaking generational cycles. Because Listen, I grew up in an inner city, um, you know, socioeconomical issues, not a lot of money, um, parents that weren't emotionally available, Mm -hmm. all the things that you don't want for your kids. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's a really important part of your parenting, too. Yeah. And so for me, I was actually just telling Matthew earlier today, I was like, it's so incredible to me because I I know where you're from, Maryvale, like you (laughs) you are in the trenches. Exactly. And to grow up from that. And then to have a son in one generation. Already creating his own legacy, you know. It's incredible. And and one thing I tell him all the time is that I know adults that if you sat down and said, what do you want your legacy to be? Like, they have no idea. I don't even know. (laughs) And this group of young men are already creating something that is more than likely going to outlive them. Already creating a legacy. I mean, it gives me chills just thinking about it. And I don't know if they fully, because it's... Because they're all young guys. They're 20, between 16 and 20 years old. Yeah. I don't know if they fully wrap their head around what they've done here, you know. But I think examples of this are showing that Uh people want to come talk to you. They want to learn. They want to, this is inspirational for people. So it's, so it does us a lot of pride that this was even in him Mm -hmm. to do. Um, Because the, the struggle as a parent so, like you mentioned, I came from the West Side, man. Single parent household. Both mm-hmm. both my wife and I came from really um, 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 hard backgrounds, mm-hmm. hard environments, um, no positive role models. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a positive male influence in my life until, you know, maybe until maybe I, I got to college, right? Yeah. And that I never had, I never had a teacher that took me under their wing. All the men in my life were all really poor examples, you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And and so I knew what I wanted to be. And that's what led me to doing work with at the rec. Because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be for kids what I didn't have. That was okay. really my motivator. Yeah. It was really like I didn't have no a positive male in my life. I could at least try to be that for these other kids. Mm-hmm. And so when you and so when you start having kids, as a as a parent, you what what was the struggle for me is you want to figure out how much struggle do you want your kids to go through and then yes. also how much you want to help them through and it and how much you want to help them give them a leg it. up because that struggle actually produces character mm-hmm. right that i i really feel like my background turned me we're the sum of our experiences mm-hmm. so my background turned me to who i am mm-hmm. you know and, and led me to do the stuff that i do and so i didn't want to isolate my kids from that right or mm -hmm. going through their own level of hardships but we do want to make it a little easier Mm -hmm. we do want them to have some support to take risks try things want to launch a philanthropic group yeah and then we can rally around him with our resources and support Uh, but to give them the confidence to try things but give them a little bit more of a cushion that they can fall back like we want to give our kids our experiences not our traumas there you go and that's the that's thing. That's a bar right there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I say it from the beginning. It's like you teach your kids how to swim, but you don't want them to drown. Yep. And that's exactly what you're doing with your kids yep. and helping them through these, you know, this journey of life yep. without giving them all the tools. Yep. You just give them the base yep. of it. Yep. But I think my, my one of my the biggest questions I had for you is 
I mean, I know a lot of friends and I know a lot of people that grew up the way you did, the way I did, with a lot of struggle, a lot of issues. What do you think it was for you that was that pivotal moment? Or maybe even, like, where you realized, like, I want my generation, my my kids, my future to be different than the way it was for me. Yeah. So I think that my, my first, and I, and I credit my younger brother all the time. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that, the first person in my life that really motivated me to be better was my younger brother. Mm-hmm. So I was in high school. Me and my younger brother are two years apart. Um, and I saw when I started getting in trouble, running with gangs and doing that stuff, he was emulating it. He was doing the same stuff. Wow. And so, because our dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. So again, so I was his positive, I was his male figure. And so me seeing him emulating the stuff that I was doing, knowing that he would wind up in trouble, I was like, nah, I, I, I got to do better because mm-hmm. I have to set a better example mm-hmm. for him. So that was the first time. So this was like my junior junior year of high school. That was like, wow, that I really, young. I really have to. I really have to do something. And we are forced to grow up mm-hmm. early, right? We didn't really get the benefit or the luxury of a childhood. Mm-hmm. And so with my kids, I wanted them to have the luxury of a childhood. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to have the luxury of not having to deal with adult responsibility early in your life not Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to feed yourself not trying to figure Mm -hmm. out all the lights gonna be on today like just be a kid yeah like we just wanted him and his sister to just be kids do sports pursue the stuff that you want to pursue know that you don't have to be this that or the third to be successful or to make it in life we're not dependent on you to pay our bills Mm -hmm. you know like you don't have to Save me. Like, I literally, when I was about 20 years old, I had to move. I had to give my mom money so we could move apartments. Wow. So, so, so we could have a roof over our head, you know? And at 20, he, my son's in college, right? Mm-hmm. And in a fraternity and able to, Amazing. And, and able to just enjoy his youth. And so, what I knew is that I wanted for our kids to be able to just enjoy being a kid and not have those adult responsibilities hovering over their head. So that was our motivator with our kids. Let's create an environment where we just learn, we learn to love them for who they are, mm-hmm. meet them where they're at, uh, try to protect them to the best of our ability, allow them to bump their head and learn from their from them bumping their head, but know that it's not the end of the world if you make mm-hmm. a mistake. You know, you can come back, we got your back, and we're going to help you get there. But just enjoy being a kid. The thing I told my kids all the time is don't be in a rush to be grown. Yes. Don't be in a rush to be grown <laughs> because so once it's over, it's over. It's done. And when I, Because when I was young, I was in a rush to be grown. And and then you look back, hindsight 2020, it's like, man, I should have. You think about all the shit it could have would And being an adult and it's fun, ain't, isn't as fun as it looks. Yep. You know, so don't be in a rush to be grown. <laughs> enjoy your youth. Take your time. Enjoy your youth. Adulthood is always going to be there. You know, yep. let it come slowly. And you know what's so funny is I think that parents that do have a rougher um, upbringing, yeah. They, they think that it's maybe more complicated to change a generation than yeah. it is. But just by you simply removing the stress of figuring out yeah. adult problems yeah. has launched your kids into paths that, that you didn't even have available oh, to you because no. you were worried about moving out of an apartment. You're exactly right. Whereas your son, he's like, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I just got to worry about school and changing the world. <laughs> and let me and let me develop my interests. Exactly. Let me figure out. Let me, let me have... The again, I'm gonna use the word luxury again, but the luxury of 
exploring who I really am, mm-hmm. exploring what I really care about. And, and, and you're not having to do that in a way that, man, I got to become a professional basketball player so I can buy my mm-hmm. mama a house and I can do. Yeah. But you can really get rooted in this is who I am. This is what I care about. And this is what I want to offer the world. And then being able to present that. I you love know, it. It's, a, it's an amazing, it's, a ma- it's an amazing thing to watch. It's 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 great to see your kids, and I know you're you're, you're you have a my oldest is going to be sixteen, be sixteen, <laughs> and then you're starting to see them come into their own, yeah, and become who they are. You know, it's interesting too. Is like a, a revelation I just had as a parent. A lot of times, you tell uh, yourself, like, I'm going to give the kids I don't. I'm going to give my kids the things I never had. I'm yeah. going to give my kids, which and obviously we want to do. But then I, I I learned with my oldest. I'm like. It's not necessarily just giving her what I didn't have. It's giving her what she needs right there now. Because her what what I needed when I was a kid yep. is different than yep. what she needs now. Got it. And so when I got out of that headspace, it changed the game yep. for her. Yeah, yeah. And meeting them where they're at, yes. and being in tune, and taking yourself out of it, and really being yes. able to look at your child. Because a lot of times, what our our parenting is is very ego driven. Uh-huh. It's very. You know, we're doing it so we can look a certain way and it's, it's, but it, but you have to get away from that and really start realizing who your child is and what's best for them. What are their specific mm-hmm. needs? Um, and, and it, and it changes your entire approach, you mm-hmm. know, it changes. We went through the same exact type of stuff and it was like, this young man is going to be, he's on his own walk. And, and I need to not make him another version of me. Mm-hmm. You know, let me understand who he is and how we can best support who he wants to become. And that's, and, it, a, and I think that's a part of the process. Isn't it, uh, before we wrap up, because I know you got to get going, but isn't it just the joy you feel to know that you have changed, like you've literally changed the lineage of your family for yeah. the re- like generations to come just on the choices you, yeah, yeah. I mean, can you explain that? Cause I know for me personally, and I haven't even done half the things you've done <laughs> for me just to see my kids and be like, you're the history of our family yeah. moving forward is yeah. lights different. Yeah. And you change the expectation. So what we're doing is we're changing the expectation. We change the expectation. Mm-hmm. We, um, my wife and I, we were serious about mental health and we're serious about, like we just talked about, trying to understand yes. our kids for who they are. We're serious about um, just letting them be a kid, enjoy their youth. Um, so so those things can manifest, mm-hmm. right? And those things can become whatever they're going to become, um, but it changes the expectation. It yeah. changes the... No, take time to figure you out. Even yeah. that in itself, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 we didn't come to this with the pressure of we, you got to change the, the trajectory of our family. No, not you know? at all. But doing those small things changes it. It yeah. changes it in itself. Mm-hmm. It changes. It changes their approach to life. Mm-hmm. And once you can change your approach to life, um, 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 the world is your oyster. And, and one thing I'll say that, um, so a, a quote that came from, there's um, an HBO show called Lovecraft Country. And um, there's this woman on there who's a shapeshifter. And she's given the power by this other woman. It's like mm-hmm. all metaphysical type of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And the woman gives her the power to shapeshift. And she says to her, um, one day when she comes back and she's changed her body into somebody else. And she's like, I wanted to give you the opportunity to see what, your life would be like uninterrupted. Wow. And when she said that, it's like, that's 
that's what we've tried to do for our kids. We've tried to create an environment where my son can grow his dreads out and be who he wants to be. Uninterrupted. But be his authentic self uninterrupted. I love it. And, and especially for minority communities. Yes. You know, when we're having to deal with the pressures and burdens of racism and all these things and, and code switching, mm-hmm. where we have to be certain ways or in certain rooms. I've yeah. been code switching my entire yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> And I and I was the same. Like I had I had I had many different Lloyds. I had a Lloyd yeah. who I was at the wreck with you all. Mm-hmm. I had a Lloyd who I was at home. I had a Lloyd at work, and so I it becomes exhausting. Oh yeah. And so the journey I'm on now is I want to show up in every room my authentic self, but I also want my kids to be able to show up mm-hmm. their authentic without selves. having to do code switching without and have different versions of switching. themselves. And uh, and just understand that who you are may not be for everybody, uh-huh. you know, but. Be fine with that and be comfortable with that, but be who you are uninterrupted. And that's the environment that we've tried to create for our kids. And that, and I think in that in itself, if we can provide that, it does change the trajectory and it creates and it breaks those generational curses. We can be who we are uninterrupted. We can surround ourselves with resources and empower their dreams. Let's help you get your dreams out. I love and that. that's what this seed thing is about. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all here to do, rallying around him and his crew and his team to help them get their dreams out. You and you know? feel that, right, Atlas? You feel that level of support from your, your family, your inner circle. inner circle. 100%. Um, the way that, you know, my dad and my parents have helped me with, you know, developing seed and, you know, getting the word out there. And that and that's it. Like having that support mm-hmm. where you can I have an idea and you have resources and people that are gonna get behind mm-hmm. you and help you do it. That's how you change a generation. Like that this is the manifestation. This is so it. it's a pow- so it's a powerful <laughs> question, like it is. And it's and as I'm just sitting here talking through it with you, it's it's like like that like that stuff he just mentioned, that's the secret sauce. Yes. Like that's it. Like mm-hmm. I wanna do this and then people show up. Yeah. To help you do it. Yeah. That's what we all needed when we were kids. Mm-hmm. We needed people to show up for us. And think about how many times we didn't have people show up for us. <sighs> you know, and that's and that's what we needed. And and, and and so that's what we learned and that's what we didn't what we didn't have. And so now we're making sure that we show up for them yeah. and hope they do the same. And I, I commend you for it because it's so easy. Yeah. The easy way is to just keep going with life the way we were shown, yeah. right? And yeah. to go against the grain yeah. and pivot and be like, no, I want something different yeah. for the future. Yeah. It takes a lot of strength and that you've done a great job. And I'm, you have influenced more than just your kids. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, but I appreciate that. And for real, I honor you and, and just your journey. You know, and and you taking ownership of your narrative, Mm -hmm. investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You stepped out on a limb to be able to get into radio and do this stuff and look at how it's manifested for you. And to be some small part of that and for us to be able to continue supporting each other and the stuff that you do, like we're doing it together. You know, and then all of our kids get the benefits. So I just want you to know I'm extremely proud of you. (laughs) Extremely (laughs) extremely Correct. proud of you and we're going to do even more stuff um yes. but but I am I'm proud of you and I'm and this is a full circle moment for me yeah. you know like being able to have you talk to this kid who you knew before he was born he was still in and your now mama's he's belly. sitting here young man you <laughs> know. know like this is who who Isn't would have thought just life, sit in that 
we, sit in that, right? We couldn't have wrote it better, you know, <laughs> I know. but I do. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. Young man, I'm proud of you. You know I love you. <laughs> and we are here to do whatever we can to help you not only get your dreams out, but create a foundation to help other people get their dreams out, you know, so. He'll realize it when he's he like will, 40. One day, one day, he'll be like, Man, <laughs> He's like, dang. Right, right now, he's like, gosh, dad, okay. <laughs> I got to be up. Don't you know this is my summer? I'm, I'm supposed to be asleep right now. <laughs> well, let's not wait any longer and bring in Lloyd's son, Atlas. Welcome to the podcast, Atlas. How are you? Doing great. What about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so excited that you are here um, to do this interview. I remember when I met Lloyd, your mom was pregnant with you. She was our cheer coach. Did you know that about your mom? I did not. She was a cheer coach. <laughs> I remember it vividly. She taught us a, j- a dance to Maya's uh, Case of the X. You remember that song? I <gasps> that song. Oh my God. We're going to have to uh, school you a little bit. <laughs> But the reason um, we have you here today is because you started an organization that we want to talk about. Yes, ma'am. So tell me about yourself first. So you're currently going to ASU? Yep. I am an incoming junior, uh, major in architecture with a minor in business and real estate. Uh, I am somebody involved in Greek life. I'm the president of my fraternity. I was vice president last semester or, or last year when I was a sophomore, excuse me. Um... And yeah, I'm involved in a few extracurriculars. You know, I I had to stay fit and work out and play intramural sports. But um, it's your average college yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone, someone, <laughs> someone basically of a college guy of a college experience. Let me tell me a little bit about your um your organization. So you started a nonprofit, right? And yes. that's basically why we're here because we really want to highlight this nonprofit that you started, get it out there, and let people know how to be involved. So tell me about your nonprofit. Yes. Uh, so I am the founder alongside my co-founder, Jaden Gillette, of Seed Philanthropy, which stands for Students Engaged in Ethical Donations. And what we are, we are the world's first um, youth, all-black giving circle slash philanthropic group. Um, so with that, you know, we do free community service um, through various nonprofits throughout Arizona, um, while also we give out grants. So we do a lot of fundraising and things like that and a lot of charity events um, to, you know, raise money in order for us to be able to give it back to, to the community, excuse me, um, for other small student-led or student-based organizations that serve, you know, um, the underprivileged. That's amazing. So when you think about your organization, what are the ultimate goals for you? Um, so I would say definitely, you know, going nationwide for one, that's like a very long-term goal that I personally have for it. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, you know, just building an environment where just adolescent, you know, African-American teens can just, well, males, sorry, um, you know, kind of like be themselves, you know, be themselves around each other unapologetically, mm-hmm. you know, feel comfortable um, being together, feel comfortable, you know, doing things for the community together and things like that. And, Overall, you know, just allowing us to feel empowered, um, you know, with with us being a student like student based organization, like ran by students mm-hmm. and not really run by anybody else and fully facilitated by, you know, your peers. Um, it allows us to feel empowered and allows us to actually control what we want to do. You know, with Seed, I kind of see it as a way that we get to control our kind of reality, control our 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 uh, your narrative. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Control our own type of story. And so. um and so really, it's just all about empowerment. It's all about just empowering the users when, in, in, in current times where it might feel like we are kind of undermined or, you know, underprivileged or just underrepresented, um, that's what Seed is for. Seed is for us to, you know, be able to come together, represent ourselves, how we want to represent ourselves, 
make the impact how we want to make the impact and enjoy ourselves if we want to enjoy ourselves. So this organization is created, led, and um, participated by youth, right? Yes. The youth. So you you ain't got no adults. Well, I guess you're an adult yeah. technically. Yeah, yeah, technically. <laughs> but 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 we have, um, so we are the student extension of REAP, which is Real Engagement Through Active Philanthropy. Um, it's another black man's giving group. My father's a part of it. And so um, that's essentially that's how SEED got started, because I wanted to join my father's group. But, you know, with me being only, I was, I'm 19 right now, so me only being 19, uh, I really wasn't old enough, nor that I probably make enough money to be a part of that group. <laughs> yeah. So they said, so he said I could do one better if I wanted to. I can make, you know, I can make SEED, a student, student version of it. And of course, I wanted to, so we followed through with it and did that. So, um, so while we are primarily student led and student based, we do have support from various adults throughout. Um, throughout but our it's time. so great because it allows you and your peers to take control of your narrative, be empowered, and make a change so much sooner in life than other organizations allow. And then on top of that, you're able to influence people around you, like look at them making such massive change and impacting our community yeah. that they then want to be a part of it and you create this entire ripple effect. And yeah. it's it's incredible because I'm, I'm sure you've heard me talk about your dad. I feel like he is the... like epitome of a ripple effect <laughs> like all of the changes he's made has impacted people so much and so I guess my question is for you too it's like being the son of Lloyd and knowing how much he's done to change things and change narratives is that part of your influence is your dad I would say yes my parents ability to think outside the box and think of like very different Roots besides traditional ones definitely influence because mm. this isn't this isn't a, isn't a traditional route, mm -hmm. you know. So the fact that you know I've seen my dad and seen people before me do things that aren't you know normal or or extraordinary even kind of you know provoked me and probably provokes my younger sister to you know strive ourselves to go outside the box and do things that are unconvent unconventional. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, you're totally fine. I, I think what you guys are doing is incredible. And I am curious, like, what are your organization's goals for this year? So this year, um, by so we have a, so we do a thing called a grant giving cycle. That's when we give out some of the money that we've raised so far um, to the organizations that we are trying to represent throughout the community. And so before our grant giving cycle or by the end of our grant giving cycle, we want to raise one $100,000. Um, currently, we are at $31,000. Okay. So that's, you know, during, so we launched during like the height of the pandemic uh, in January of this year. So we haven't, we really haven't been able to, you know, do a lot of things in person or so what, um, except for now. And so with that, uh, you know, we plan to really, you know, put our hustle on to start, um, I, I, I guess in lack of terms, go crazy um, this summer and in the fall to really, you know, get that goal and really make our impact and influence in the community. So if people are interested in helping donate monetarily, how would they do that? Uh, so all information about that can be found on our Instagram at Seed Philanthropy. Also, we have a Facebook account that we just made at Seed Philanthropy as well. Uh, no underscores, no numbers or dots or anything like that. And they can get information on how to be members as well. Like yep. Um, coming up, we do have our first round of, of fall recruitment. Or not fall recruitment, summer recruitment. Uh, so essentially with that being said, you know, we're starting to take in applications for uh, potentially new members this summer uh, coming up this week. What does the application uh, entail? Like what are some of the things you look for? Uh, so things that we look for, for so the requirements are you must be between ages of 16 to 21 at while you're applying. 
Um, second is you have to be enrolled in some type of school, okay. uh, schooling, sorry. So it's either high school, college, or trade school. And you have to have, I think it's 50 hours of community service completed by the time you are accepted as a member. So, you know, we try to encompass the, the whole students and um, ethical donations part mm-hmm. of, of, of SEED in, in our application. Just so, you know, when you are applying, you know what you're getting yourself in for because, you know, we like to value having members who all contribute, right? Even mm-hmm. though we are small right now with, I think, only 12 members, um, all 12 of those members are very active, very engaged, and very, you know, motivated to do well. So we, we me personally, I'd much rather have a group like that in a super large organization For where sure. only half is doing work and half is mm-hmm. kind of coasting by. So. Yeah, absolutely. So before we wrap up, give me, uh, like, obviously this organization means it's like close to your heart and you love it and i would really love to know like what is it about this organization that just really pulls at your heartstrings what is it that is so meaningful to you about it um the fact that that it's it's a part of black history um you know every time i think about i kind of i kind of i get at lots of words but just to think that this is an organization first of its kind in arizona and most likely the world it kind of like it's just it, it for me kind of ups the ups the ante a lot more to you know make it live up to its extreme full potential, um, with with the organization. But just knowing that you know this is what my ancestors and, and even my grandparents were fighting for down in the south, and just for the ability for me to even for one go to school, and but for two to actually start an organization like this and be able to have one that's you know efficient and successfully running so far within only six months of operating. Um, it definitely means a lot to, to really all of us. Like we really take all of it serious, just because we know we understand the gravity of of what we have in our hands right now. Even though we may not know it's an, it's full extent of its impact, we definitely know that like that seed is is, is really like nothing mm-hmm. to, to take take lightly. Yeah, I mean, already right now, you've already impacted the people that are part of the organization, yeah. the people listening to this podcast. So. Um, thank you again for hanging out with me. Thank I'm so you. excited for this organization. I'm going to share all of the information on the podcast episode page, my uh, Instagram, share all the websites. I really wish you guys tons of success. Thank you guys you. are going to kill thank it. You. And um, thank you again. Of course. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.